Within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your findings to other realms and beyond the binding. Hello, I'm Max Lopez. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bindings. This week we are going to cover the fourth Discworld book titled Mort. It was published in 1987 and it was preceded by Equal Rights, which I covered in the last episode. And it is followed by, um, sorry, Sorcery, which uh, was probably published the following year. And as always, these books are written by Terry Pratchett, and it's a part of the incredibly long Discworld series, which all takes place on Discworld, which is, as explained in the past, a disc which sits on the back of four giant elephants that ride atop the cosmic space turtle, the Great Atuan. Now, these books are filled with satire and filled with comedy, but they also have a lot of deeper themes that are both underlying and overlying at times. And I would say Book 4 Mort, as I've talked about in the past, is the one of the several that I have read that has the most of it, that is both lying on the surface and resting beneath something for you to kind of dig through and find yourself, which I love. I I think that that's an incredibly important part of literature for me is the parts that I'm able to just decide on my own as a theme and things that aren't directly just handed to me on a nice silver platter. I like to go digging. It's a huge reason why I read, and it's a big reason that I like to read the particular books that I enjoy reading, and uh, I, I think that it's something that can be found in any book, but uh, I, I think that these Terry Pratchett Discworld books are, are just, it's a fun way to find it. It's a fun way to look for it in something that's seemingly being covered up in a whole lot of comedy and a whole lot of silliness, which is all done on purpose by Pratchett. But at the same time, there are some deeper meanings to it. Now, Mort is kind of special in regards to the whole Discworld series because it's the first of the death books in which there are four, which there are actually five, that um, death is actually like uh, a star in. He's the main character. So Mort being the first one, the next one is Reaper Man, Soul Music, Hog Father, and Thief of Time. Hogfather, I believe, is the Christmas one, which uh, I think is between 10 and 20 somewhere as far as the Discworld books go. I'm, I am going to attempt to read all of them, and I would like to get to the Christmas one around the holidays. So even if I read it early, I might just save the episode and maybe put it out on Christmas Day or put it out uh, that Tuesday around Christmas. Now, more of the five that I've read... Mort was my favorite one, and a lot of people say it's the best one, and a lot of people who have read the entire series agree that Mort is their favorite. And I know that's all subjective, and the subjective nature of art is always going to play a role when anybody claims something to be the best, but uh, I I consider this one my favorite so far. Now, that may change, because there's uh, if there's 41 and I've only read 5, you know, that leaves 36 open, and... You know, there's probably some good ones. And there's also some more with the death character involved. So, 
Mort is not death, or at least he's not for the most part. Mort is just kind of like a gangly 16-year-old kid who's basically just looking for a job, and he's not really good at anything. He reminds me of Ichabod Crane. For some reason, the imagery that I've seen of Ichabod Crane in my life, Mort kind of always got the uh, like a similar um, similar character style in my head. When I imagine him, he's tall, he's gangly, he's kind of just like, you know, unkempt, not a dirty guy, not filthy, not, you know, he doesn't got fleas hang out, hanging out around him like Pigpen or anything like that, but he's this da gangly young man who's just not very good at anything, and he's always just looking for something that he'll be good at, but always frustrated with the fact he has never found something, and Things seem to be seem to come to other people so naturally, but they just seem to not come to Mort so so easily. So Mort is looking at the beginning of this for basically some direction in his life, and his father wants him wants that for him as well. Because you could imagine this is a you know this fantasy world, but like we're we're seemingly in this medieval type time where. Basically, everybody, if you're if you're in a lower to middle class, you just need to find some sort of trade that's going to um, give you some skills that make you needed, basically, for the rest of your life until you can have children of your own, maybe pass some of those skills on to them. But Mort doesn't really have any of these skills, so he's kind of lost in this way and not being from this class where he's just going to be able to float by on his family's money and his family's wealth. So he is kind of struggling with that at the beginning of this. And his father takes him to what I what I described as a Discworldian job fair. But it's really just, he goes to into this town to find, um, because there are people looking for apprentices, basically. And his father wants him to become an apprentice. You know, how, how into that Mort is, you're not really exactly sure. You kind of have a feeling that he's just basically doing what his father thinks is best for him, which is not so bad. But so Mort starts to look through, the, the looking for an apprenticeship, and he is basically denied from everyone. And you just kind of expected that to happen just because of Mort's demeanor. But eventually... As this, this job fair type situation ends, Mort is confronted by Death himself. Now, Death not looking to take him, but Death looking to take him as an apprentice. And so he actually meets Death, and that's where you're introduced to this character. Not for the first time in the Discworld books, he is introduced in the first two books uh, initially as a character. But this leads into a great time just to talk about the use of death in these stories and the personification of death, which is something fairly unique to Terry Pratchett's writing. And I'm not saying that death hasn't been given a human form before, because the form of the Grim Reaper um, that we associate with death is obviously given some sort of personification because he's given the like a humanoid structure, albeit still a just a skeleton, he's still given this human structure, which in a way is personification as well. But death is fully personified with like a full-on personality in this story. I'm sure all of you know what personification is, but it, in case you don't, it is just giving human characteristics to non-human things. Personification is used a lot in fables, folk tales, and folklore, often given to animals and plant at plants. And uh, it's been used 
as it's been commonly used in that type of literature for a very, very, very long time, and is still used in modern fantasy, and obviously is being used here in this interesting way because uh, when personification is used in a folktale, folklore, or fable, it is given to this thing that's already living where death is, is more of an idea. So that's truly what makes this use of personification that Terry Pratchett is choosing to use here very interesting because at the end of the day, death is an idea. Is it a, It's a label that we put on the end of life, right? So it, it's a fully created human idea, which is interesting to give personification to that idea as well and kind of see where that co comes out. And that's a huge part of the overall essence of this book because once death takes Mort on as his apprentice you learn that really death wants to take some time away from having to do his job essentially and he's using Mort as an apprentice as a way to say well I'm going to send you on this task and I'm going to sit at home and do this or I'm going to go you know try to live the life of a human or enjoy some human luxuries and try to understand those human luxuries, which is a big part of once you kind of get introduced to death's time away, you see like the whole point that like he was trying essentially to understand human life more, which is very funny as well because he's given this personified nature, but at the same time is trying to understand what it means to be a person. So there's like that whole bit of irony that Terry Pratchett weaves into it, which makes the book so enjoyable just because Death is a very likable character in the story because he's very goofy and silly. And Mort is just kind of like this confused kid who just like really is unsure, unsure if he made the right decisions not given a lot of structure when given jobs by death, so also very confused there. And and there's a lot of, like, anxiety that's wrapped around Mort being very unsure of himself. So, some other characters that are involved in the story are just people that death had brought in, like, kind of taken in under his wing, which would be Jezebel, Albert and Jezebel and Albert are the main ones. They live in death-like plane of existence with him, although they are both humans. They have their whole uh, backstory as well that, that plays a pretty big role throughout the entire story. And as Mort takes on Tass, he kind of falls in love with this princess. Her name's Princess Kelly. And that kind of unravels the entire plot of what's eventually going to happen and some mistakes that Mort makes and uh, try, tries to basically brush under the rug and fix without Death getting any knowledge of it. Well, essentially Death is on a vacation or a, a holiday, as I suppose they would, uh, that, as I suppose Terry Pratchett would have most likely called it. And uh, there's just a lot of comedy that revolves around Mort trying to figure out this whole thing uh death has a horse that he rides you know he's got a lot to, he's got to travel a lot having to basically do his job all over the disc so he has this his horse named binky which is just ridiculous and hilarious that death you know the taker of life would have a horse and its name would be binky and that's just the beginning of the silliness and uh but at the same time 
as goofy as this book is, there's still this underlying theme that it's essentially about death. And that's very interesting to me that Terry would choose to weave this, you know, what what a lot a lot of people would consider the most sad part of existence and weave it into this this whole comedy essentially. And it it's very in it's I, I read this book at a very interesting time because you know, if you open up the the copy I have, I was fortunate to have grabbed a copy while I was in England a few years ago, and it's got an introduction by Neil Gaiman, and Gaiman goes about talk it goes about saying that this was a hard introduction to write because once he got into this book, he remembered again like, oh, this book is all about death, and Terry Pratchett was dead at the time that he wrote the introduction which probably brought forth a lot of feelings. And it's very interesting that I read this book at a time where I just, I lost my grandfather very recently. Within this podcast episode, it happened about five days ago. And my grandfather is Papa. And episode five, where I covered the book, A Hundred Year Old Man Who Jumped Out a Window and Disappeared, I talked about Papa for the majority of the episode. It was, he was, a, he played a huge role in my life. And honestly, he's the first family member that meant so much. You know, not all my family members who have passed away obviously have meant something to me, but he he was a huge influence on me. And he, like, it's the first one where I really looked at him and I looked at his life. And without his life, I truly wouldn't exist. I wouldn't be here recording this episode right now. I wouldn't be out enjoying every single day I get here on this planet. And, uh, it, it was just an interesting time for me to be reading this story that solely revolves around death. And uh, I do thank Terry Pratchett a lot for, like, I, I was really able to, and this, this story has really helped me to cope with that loss. And, you know, obviously that, that, that's still painful, it still stings, it's still sad. But having this book kind of be like this little beacon of light to see the joy and love that revolves around death as well as the darkness that revolves around it. It, it was a, it, it was like this beautiful kaleidoscope that, you know, interweaved everything about life into it and really helped me to, to cope with the loss of my papa because he was so important to me. And uh, if you listen to that episode, episode five, you'll see like truly how much I looked up to him and truly how much I still look up to him and, and the influence that he's played on me. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm so fortunate to, to be able to record this episode just days later and talk about him again, just because, I mean, he was essential. I mean, he's essential in who I am. He's absolutely essential, 100% needed. Wouldn't be here without him, literally. And to read this book that incorporates not only just looking death in the face, but interacting with death, reading death's perspectives, seeing death try to understand what it means to be us. And I think that that's what, where the true joy and the true beauty of this story, Mort, lies under the surface where you see that death is also trying to understand us. And granted, this is death personified, but there's a part of it that, like, I mean, the most curious thing, the most 
interested I am about anything about figuring out what what the questions are, the mysteries of the universe is like, what happens when we die? You know, is it just black? Does it, do, you know, is there an afterlife? Is there a heaven or a hell? I don't necessarily subscribe to anything in particular. I'm not willing to put my finger on anything and say, this is, this is it. I, I understand. I know the mysteries of the universe. I, I just can't do that. I, I, and I, I don't think I ever will truly be able to do that. And it, it leaves that open, you know? It, it does create more mystery because I'm not able to accept anything in particular. And as a reader, I like a good mystery. I, I like to be able to, you know, put together the pieces as I go through this crazy life and, and see by the end of it, what am I truly going to think? Are my views of death going to be different? Are my views of the afterlife going to be different? I just kind of figure that if I have no standard for what it's supposed to be, then I really can't be disappointed. Because if it is just black, well, by the end of it, you've lived a long life, and life is amazing, but life is exhausting. So by the end of it, you know, if you live your full, you know, 60, 70, 80 years, whatever length you get, by the end of it, it'll be nice to face it and see what finally happens. And if you don't, if nothing happens, well, say la vie, I suppose. It doesn't really matter. But if something, is, if there is something there, well, I guess you get to enjoy it. And, uh, or, you know, if it's nothing to be enjoyed, you at least get to see what the outcome is. So it's interesting to walk hand in hand with this, you know, this thing that's inevitable for all of us through these pages of this book. And I really think that it's something that, like, although I'm starting at the beginning and working my way through, like, Mort would be a great jumping-off point. At the beginning of every Terry Pratchett Discworld book, he says, you know, there's 41 Discworld books. They're, they're not particularly meant to be read in order, but you could if you want a better understanding of the whole place. But the one you have in your hand is a great place to start. And I, I really think that Mort is truly a really good place to start and this personification of death the coping of death which is another big aspect of this book because mort who is a human is given the ability to take not even given the ability it's not even an ability he he is he is given the task to have to go take the life of people whose time has come to an end now, with that, he also has the ability to say, ah, oh, no, I don't think I'm going to take this one, which is where we deal with the inevitability of death and we're dealing with Mort having to cope with people dying, which is very, very interesting. And I think Pratchett does such a good job at this, you know, because the lighthearted nature in this entire story and just Terry Pratchett's writing style is never lost within all of this serious darkness. Like, I mean, a lot of people die in this story just in general, and the main character is essentially taking their life. And in not only that, but then you're, like I would keep saying, walking hand in hand with death personified the entire book and slowly start to have, have more get some of these characteristics as, characteristics as well. And it's just so well done to have that darkness and the lightness and this yin and yang that Pratchett weaves into the story is beautiful. And it's just, I mean, honestly, this is one of my favorite books of all time. 
it, it you know I read it at this particular time or reread it at this particular time, but it gives you that feeling always. I got this the first time I read it, and this is just underlyingly just hit even more home for me, and I love it. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. So, Mort by Terry Pratchett. As always, I recommend, but I really couldn't recommend this one more. I, I mean, it, it, it's helpful. It's a helpful book, and I, I think that it will uh, make you smile and definitely help you understand some things inside of yourself if you look under the surface, but a look, up, look above the surface as well. So moving forward, coming up in the next week's episode, now I'm recording all of these in June. They won't be coming out till July Next week's episode might be Sorcery, which is the next book in Discworld, or it might be a series of episodes on Stephen King's It. I'm going to break It up into several episodes. So I, I didn't start Sorcery. I need to take a break from Discworld just because I want I like had an itch to read some Stephen King. So and I've been meaning to reread it. And I believe I'm gonna have to cover it in a couple of episodes. But I'll probably be able to record, like, read Sorcery within the month of June as well. My big thing is to try and get through both of those books because then I'll be pretty stacked through July and through the beginning of August. So if I finish Sorcery by a time, uh, I will definitely, yeah, I think, so Sorcery is going to come out next and then that'll cap off Terry Pratchett and then we'll, uh, we'll do it and then I'll probably get back to some, uh, some other stuff and then make my way around to more Discworld. Hopefully in August is my plan and I'll probably read the next five Discworlds as well. Like I've said in the past, I want to break those up. I definitely don't want to just like cover 41 Discworld books in a row. I don't think, uh, I think that would turn the, the podcast into a Discworld podcast, which sounds fun. And if anybody wants to start that with me, I'd be very happy to have a co-host. But as always, go get a library card, grab some Discworld books, maybe grab it too. It's a long read, but we're going to be covering it uh, throughout the second half of July. So we'll uh, so we'll be uh, into some real freaky stuff. I'll be pretty excited. They're definitely going to have to uh, decide what to use and what not to use from it. There's some weird things that happen in that story. But as always, I am Max Lopez, and this is Beyond the Bibles. Thank you.